What's up, Shelfies? This is uh, Top Shelf Fantasy coming at you with our mock draft special. This is uh, my favorite one. I don't know if it's possible to like something more than what I like to draft. Um, what about your wife? Kids. Oh, shoot. I guess maybe <laughs> you should think of that. Well, they don't listen to the podcast anyway, so hey, what the hell? Uh, fantasy football and mock draft. That's my deal. We got Scott and we got Corey in with us. Tom is out being a dad, uh, so he's actually put that as a priority. <laughs> <laughs> must, be, must be must be nice laughable um but you can find us at topshelffantasy.com or at topshelffntsy on facebook twitter and instagram um we have the mock draft we have it all set ready to go we went through our own uh throughout the week we typically like to get one and one final one we do not like to do the whole 2.0 3.0 5.0 22.0 yeah, exactly. It would be 22.0. They update daily. Trades happen. Right. And that's important to mention for our mock drafts. We are not mocking trades. Right. We we cannot do that because we cannot lie to you and say we have any crystal ball in front of us. We play them as it lies. Right. <laughs> While we do expect there to be trades this one, especially this year with all the quarterbacks, I think uh, it's just beneficial to you to know we will not do the trades. Um, we, we did do our own. We will have write-ups on each one of ours, Corey's, Scott, mine, and then we have our consensus. Last year, to point it out, before you shut off and be like, this is just another group of people making mock drafts, we have done this for a very, very long time, um, reviewing very, drafts. very high level. And when we put our heads together last year, we came up with 66% of the entire draft in the first round last year, correct by position. So we we guessed two thirds accurate. Gotta pat ourselves on the back for that. I know you think we're cocky for saying it, but Todd, Mel, ESPN, pay attention. Yeah, that's that's twenty two of thirty two picks, give or take twenty one and a half. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, Chris Sims, pay attention. I know your draft board today was pretty ridiculous, so. I would love, I would love to get paid off like Chris Sims to not put a player on their draft board so that a team, you know, has other teams. (laughs) What was the story you told me about Corey? Yeah. So my buddy actually texted to me. He was reading an interview with Chris Sims, like from it, from the horse's mouth. And he said that Kyle Shanahan asked him to not put Debo Samuel on his draft board so that other teams wouldn't look at him as much as if he put him on the board. I'm like, Listen, we know the media lies to us and is pretty damn corrupt to begin with. I didn't think the sports media was actively trying to trick oh, the other GMs and owners. It's not even the public. They are out there not Marcus talking about players to deceive owners and GMs and scouts and people that are paid to do this professionally, which is hilarious to think that <laughs> Chris Sims's word carries so much stock that he can drop Debo Samuel in drafts by putting him lower on his board, which now Justin Fields ends up 32. I'm like, who's paying him? Who's paying him off? This guy is <laughs> right. 32. If this guy makes it to 15, I'll eat Bill, my shoe. Bill Belichick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this, right. is, this is the joke of all jokes. Justin Fields, number one, Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> <laughs> and that's been recording that's the not Bruins all day. And this guy just texts me a freaking update. It's like, come on, man. <sighs> all right. Well, so let's get into it. Like we said, we put our heads together. Um, Justin Fields does not go number one in our mock draft. It is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, I think that that is, I think the wise decision for us, if we're guessing correctly. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the same thing with Joe Burrow last year. Don't compete with it. It's the obvious pick. That might be the most obvious pick in the entire draft. Yeah, well, is, don't, don't overthink it. Just, just right. pick it correctly. Just, right. right. 
and and it goes again, to note well, too, Craig, you were saying Urban Meyer came out today, like being a dick. What? Yes. He has three guys he likes. Yeah, he goes. Yeah, I have three quarterbacks I like. Yeah, sure you do. <laughs> sure you do, but you're only picking one. For yeah, I like one a lot more than the other two. Yeah. <laughs> You don't come out of retirement to be an NFL coach just to be like, ah, I like three. <laughs> um, all right. So also, yes, fantasy football podcast. We will get into their fantasy football implications. This is just about mock drafts. So we will we'll get into that. Figured we should note that. Um, yeah, I'll be able these... to give you a lot more implications once we know where they're going for certain. Yeah, as well. we'll have uh, team grades. We'll do it of the first two rounds that we did it last year. Um, even round two, you'll you'll see a lot more running backs, wide receivers go. I think that's why we do the first two rounds. So the mock is just one round, NFL draft grades, two rounds, and that will be probably next week. Yep. And I say we go in a circle. Uh, Scott, why don't you take the second one? Yeah. Uh, pick two, New, New York Jets. Um, this is more of a, an easier pick two. It's Zach Wilson. I mean, we've been hearing it the last – month or two months or so that you know Wilson's almost a lock for number two I think if it's not him I think it's going to be kind of a shock I mean I I know we're big on Justin Fields over Wilson especially Dow's but I think Wilson was the consensus uh, from BYU they traded Sam Darnold they need a quarterback there's your guy yeah, we're yeah. in complete agreement. It's definitely a quarterback. I like you said, I think it's Fields, but either way, quarterback for sure, going to the Jets. Um, pick three, we've got San Francisco coming up. Consensus tri- uh, pick, we've got another quarterback coming off the board, Mac Jones out of Alabama. It seems like it's down to Mac Jones or Trey Lance at this spot. Um, again, if Fields is on the on the table, they might go him as well. But um, it's everything out of San Fran is Mac Jones versus Trey Lance. Depends on, on who you ask. <laughs> We, yeah, on record, we, yeah. we need John to, Lynch or Kyle uh, Shanahan. Who knows? We need to say too. This was this was an argument of ours. Um, Corey is very strongly high on Justin Fields, and rightfully so. I think we all are in agreement, all three of us, that Justin Fields is better than Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Yet some of these some of these teams don't view him that way. Um, and even you know, Corey thinks Fields over over Wilson, and, and I commend him for saying that. Um, we have we have a shotgun bet. Uh, uh, that we're gonna we're gonna see who gets drafted uh, at pick three. I think I have Mac Jones. And if something crazy happens where Lawrence doesn't go number one overall, we'll all be shotgunning. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have Fields and Dows has Wilson. No, Trillance. Yeah, yep. Lance. yep. All right. And that brings us to four, which is gonna t- change the entire course of the entire draft. Um, and we have consensus. Kyle Pitts, tight end, Florida. Um, obviously, an otherworldly tight end. Uh, we've all seen the the highlight reel, the numbers from the pro day. You know, it's no secret that Kyle Pitts is going to be a dangerous weapon in the NFL, um, and we think that's why the Atlanta Falcons are going to go after him. Um, but uh, this could be a weird situation if that they take quarterback. Everything else in our draft is going to be wrong. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. and they're they're also a huge candidate to trade out. I know we're not mocking trades, but it's important to mention they yeah, can I mean, back easily. We, we can talk about it, saying you know yeah. if there's an obvious trade, not obvious, but if there's a trade to happen for a team like the the Patriots, or the Redskins, or even the Broncos that want to trade up, the Falcons are that pick. Yep. So um, all right, I'll go with my next one. Uh, pick five, the Bengals. Uh, Penny Sewell, Sewell. I mean. If I can't pronounce the last name, I'm just going to say Bradford. Yeah. 
that's my Sam Darnold, Sam Bradford joke. But um, <laughs> Craig, it, it's Sewell, right? I don't know. Yes. <laughs> I, I, it's I, either. Yeah, I, I really the, don't. The offensive tackle out of Oregon. Um, I know the Bengals are been linked to if Pitts falls, they may take him. Jamar Chase, you know, get get Burrow, his old teammate, back. But we've seen that line struggle for years. Um, Burrow had a horrific injury last season. I think the biggest thing is, is to protect your future, uh, protect you know the future of your running back and make sure that you did pay. They have Boyd, they have Higgins. I think they're not set in stone with the receiver, but they have enough to make it work. So I think adding a tackle makes the most sense at pick five. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, next pickup, we got the Dolphins at six. Best talent on the board still available is Jamar Chase. It's a pick that me and Craig kind of, uh, I don't want to say chastised, but you got to kind of think, do the Dolphins really need Jamar Chase? They've got Will Fuller. They've got Devontae Parker. They got Mike Kosicki. But best physical talent on the board at this point, if the Dolphins are going to pick at six, I think Chase is the guy. And we unanimously, I believe, thought that. Yeah, yep. I, yeah. When when you say chess, I was like, we all agreed that they're going to go chase. But the shitty thing is, is like, do they really need to? <laughs> but he's, yeah, it, there's a certain point in drafts when you start to go to need, and it's not now. It's not in the top ten. Uh, you you go by who's the best available. Um, and you know, so going up next, uh, this was another discussion of ours. You know, do they go best available uh, between their offensive line, which is a need, or or wide receiver, which is also a need of theirs. Um, and we, we, we ended up on Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle, who we also all agree is the second-best tackle. Um, it's definitely something that the Lions need to go after. Um, I think that, you know, they're not going to go quarterback in a sense where, you know, they have already kind of relied on getting um, – what's his face over? You know, losing, losing um, Stafford. Bringing in Goff, that's that's the name. You know, that's, that's why I keep forgetting. <laughs> uh, forgetful guy. Um, they need to protect him. If they're, if they're going to make that trade, you, you kind of have to stick with it. Um, and, and is it offensive line? And do they start running more, which I think is a smart move for them? Or, you know, do they bring in a wide receiver after losing one? And I think we all agree it's Slater's the pick. Yep. Uh, next pick, the Panthers at eight. Uh, we have him as another tackle, which is uh, Christian Darisaw. And this is also a pick that I think can be a trade pick. You know, again, Patriots could trade up from 15 here, but again, no trades. Um, I know people have mocked to get a wide receiver there, which would be fun, but you know, Robbie Anderson's there, DJ Moore. I think their biggest need is offensive tackle, which is, I mean, you have CMC back from a bad injury last season. And the biggest thing is to, to protect him, protect the line they got Sam Darnold there, not Bradford. So I think that's a fantastic pick. The uh, tackle out of uh, Virginia Tech. Yeah, I totally agree. And then uh, pick nine, we got the Denver Broncos. We have them mock taking Trey Lance. I think a fantastic pick if he makes it to them at nine. They need a quarterback. Drew Locke does not seem to be the guy. Craig made a great point in his write up too that John Elway has relinquished his duties and is allowing. I'm not sure who uh, to to make the picks this year, but. He is no longer in charge of player personnel, so he can kind of let go of the Drew Locke attachment. And if somebody else wants to bring in Trey Lance, it seems like he's opened the door for them to do that. Additionally, Trey Lance is a fantastic fit with Jerry Judy. Um, Shit, why am I blanking on his name? Thank you. Uh, Corlin Sutton. 
that's a that's a great situation to go in. And Noah Fan for that matter. I mean, he's yeah. got some talent and some people to throw to right off the bat. Whether he starts day one or sits a year, that remains to be seen. But if the Broncos go with him, I think that's a great pick. Yeah, I think he's a project quarterback, and but I think he's the right project quarterback. Yeah, I mean, take I mean people off. have people have definitely seen the success of Josh Allen, and they're back on these big, right. athletic, strong quarterbacks. You know, big monster arms. Right, and nobody wants to miss out on Patrick Mahomes, so they're yeah. gonna go hundred <laughs> percent. Whatever they, they are, big risk, big reward. So. And I think one of the most consensus picks that we had uh, throughout all of ours is the Dallas Cowboys taking Patrick Sartan at 10. Um, he's the best cornerback on, you know, prospect lists. Um, you know, there was that conversation with Caleb Farley, but he's had that issue, you know, c- creeping up. So Patrick Sartan, great player. He'll reunite with Trayvon Diggs um, over on the other side, you know, with the Cowboys. The Cowboys need a lot on defense, but this is that type of defensive player that I think will bring them to another level. I, I don't think there's much else to say, uh, you know, do they go after and trade up for, for pits? I mean, there's, there's that rumor out there, but I don't think it'll ever end up happening. Um, I really do feel, uh, and we all feel certain's the pick here. Yeah, I agree. I mean, a cornerback like that can change an entire defense all around. So I think that's a fantastic pick. Uh, pick 11, the giants uh, take Mika Parsons, the linebacker from Penn state. Um, I mean, they do need a offensive lineman too and secondary, but I think a large hole in that defense is a linebacker spot and they were pretty weak there last season. So if Parsons does fall, I think he's weird in all of our monks. Like some people have him kind of low, some people kind of have him high, but I mean, he's the best linebacker on the board. So if he can, if they can get him at 11, um, they'll take him. Yeah, they get a lot of holes to fill over there at New York's, and uh, so does the next pick for the Philadelphia Eagles at number twelve. Um, they get holes all over the field. I think that one of the biggest ones and one of the most obvious ones last year that we saw was that wide receiver. So we have the mock taking Devonte Smith, former Heisman winner. The big knock on him is obviously his size. Well, not even his size, but his weight. He's six one, I think, with one hundred and seventy pounds, and that's soaking wet. So uh, he's. He's very, very similar in style of play to Jalen Rager, who they took last year. They clearly like that style of receiver over there. They also need to get Jalen Hurts some weapons, so this helps out in that regard as well. I don't know that he is a monster day one or if it's going to take him a little while to adjust to the speed of the pro game, but I think it's a good fit for what the Eagles want to do. He should be able to play off of Jalen Rager pretty well, and they've also got a good tight ends there. So I think it's a good fit for the team. Yeah, they they need to make a spark. Get those get those fans happy again. Well, and that's exactly it too. A lot of these teams, you'll pick a guy to put asses in the seats at that point. Oh yeah. Right. And the next pick, we got thirteen Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, more information that I, I I would say about them is that they are trading up for an offensive tackle, especially in our mock. We had offensive tackles go wicked early, and in this situation. They don't have one to take here, uh, I think, of uh, at this spot. Um, but they do have J.C. Horn, who does fall to them here at 13. That's our consensus pick. They do need corners. J.C. Horn is a great, big, tough, physical guy. Um, he will be someone to help out their secondary, which, you know, we all have seen they've had some issues in. Uh, hopefully, German James can get healthy. Horn gets in there, and things do turn around for them, um, you know, if, if that's the, the route that they go. 
I think we all kind of agreed at this spot here, you know, we would have liked to see a tackle fall to him um, that that would make more sense for them. You know, the next pick uh, that you, that I'll let you talk about, Scott, I'm not sure so much the same fit as what they are actually looking for an offensive line. Yeah. So my next pick is uh pick 14 with the Vikings. We haven't taken Elijah Vera Tucker, um, the guard, but he can also play tackle as well at a USC. I, I think it's a massive need a guy that can kind of, he's, he's quick. So he, I mean, he, he can play both positions. And if you're running the ball with Delvin cook 25 times a game, you want to protect that guy. <laughs> um, I mean, that there's no way around it. I think, I think we all had Farrah Tucker here. If I'm not mistaken, yep. right. I think we probably have the same um, comment and argument of why this pick makes sense. You just want to protect Devin cook. Yeah, I mean, 100%. That's your that's your team right there. Um, number 15, the New England Patriots. We have them taking Justin Fields, finally getting him off the board. <laughs> I don't think any of us think the Patriots are picking at 15. Every rumor has them either moving up, moving down, not picking at all, uh, starting a riot and murdering Roger Goodell at the draft. It's hard to say. But what we do know is that if Justin Fields is hanging, hanging out here at 15, they should take him. I mean, the, the return on value at that point in the draft is immense. Plus, you get to go uh, get to go join Cam Newton and learn from him for at least a year. That's that's a good situation to be in for the Pats and for Justin Fields. Yeah, it, it needs to be pointed out. I know that we're Patriots fans. You know, you guys listening know we're Patriots fans. I have a Brady poster behind me. We did not make this out to be like, yeah, we're going to get the Patriots. Justin Fields give them exactly <laughs> what they need. No, it just... 15 happens to be that it works out this way and i don't think in any way shape or form it does no, i don't if you, if you go look at our individual mocks i don't think oh maybe craig craig does have justin fields going there but i think he's the only one i well originally i had actually fields going four yeah. um to atlanta and then that's where everything changes if atlanta goes quarterback everything changes but um again like you said if the Patriots do it, they're going to move up for it. Uh, going on to pick 16, the Cardinals, we have taken Caleb Farley. Um, this was one that we all had a real kind of tough time talking about. And I think it was led a little bit by me with the the back issues that we've heard from Farley. You know, he had a 16-week recovery time frame on his recent back surgery, which was a second one. But he is an otherworldly corner. Like, he will get in NFL uh, time, you know, while he may have injuries – he is going to play and he is going to play at a high level. He's going to be able to stop a lot of the big NFL target uh, receivers. And, you know, the Arizona Cardinals could definitely use a corner after losing Peterson. I think, I think it's a good fit. I think it'd be nice if he could get on the field day one. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see. All right. Uh, pick 17, the Raiders, of course, they get the names that are impossible to uh, <laughs> say, but Jeremiah, Awusu. Caramel. 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 Son of a bitch. Caramel. We got a Jerry only caramels. (laughs) You get another Bradford. (laughs) And Jerry's caramel. Um, The linebacker out of Notre Dame. Um, I mean, I think in my run up for the Raiders, this is one of the hardest ones just because of all the holes they have in that team. I mean, they got rid of their entire offensive line. Uh, their defense is, I mean, shit, but <laughs> I, I mean that they got good players there, but I think, you know, you got to start somewhere. 
I think we had a lot of tackles and guards going before here and we didn't want them to reach. So I think we all said a linebacker here. Um, I mean, Mika Parsons is gone. If Parsons falls here, they take him over um, Carabell. So um, <laughs> yeah, pick 17. Yeah. And I think Cormo is like a, a really traditional, not traditional, but he's a classic Gruden guy. That's somebody he wants on his team on, on his defense to anchor it for a while. So not no surprise there. Um, number 18, we got the Miami Dolphins taking Tevin Leroy Jenkins. I don't know if that's his real middle name. Uh, <laughs> it's got to be. <laughs> an offensive tackle out of Oak State. Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> they need a lot of help on the O-line. We were kind of talking about like, oh, will, will they go this position or that position? And then we looked up their depth chart at O-line, and I was like, yep, no, that's probably tackle. That that makes sense. Um, they obviously moved Larry Tunsil. They have not yet replaced him. I think Austin Jackson is – trending towards that role but not quite there jenkins will be able to help out on the opposite side hopefully set up a system where the dolphins can run the ball and more probably more importantly protect tua for years to come so get those two tackles get them situated get them on the same page build from there i mean whatever flores does seems to be working hopefully he makes this pick and makes it work as well there it is we got washington football team up next um this was a a tough one um, I think we, we all weren't really sure where to go. We all had something different. Um, so we landed on Trayvon Morick at 19, uh, safety, uh, out of TCU. And so he's a, he's an interesting kind of prospect. It's something that the football team might, uh, need is, you know, safety. If we're, if we're really going to look at it, you know, they, they were able to have a pretty good defense, you know, top to bottom, um, they added a ton of stuff on offense this year. So realistically, we thought, you know, maybe maybe they slide in and get this guy, Mo Rig, and, and, and see if they can play him somewhere up there uh, in DBville. Yep. And pick 20, uh, Chicago Bears. We have him taking Devontae Smith's teammate, Jalen Waddle, the wide receiver, Alabama. Um, I think we are all aware that Anthony Miller probably will not be there come week one. I know they're trying to trade him. Um, even if they can, I think they could, they'll drop him. Um, Allen Robbins there, Mooney's there. I think Waddle is a fantastic pick there if he falls. And I think Craig brought up too when we were talking about this pick. You know, there's still a world that a Rob can be traded, and I think keep people kind of forget that. I mean, the guy doesn't want to play there. Um, you know, um, they tagged him, but so there's a world that he gets traded. And if that ever happens, they are not secure, but, you know, they do have a pretty good replacement in Jalen Waddle there. And even if A-Rob stays, I think it's, it's, it's still a great fit for them. Um, they need help on the outside. So Waddle at pick 20. Definitely. And at 21, we've got the Colts taking Liam Eichenberg, tackle from Notre Dame. Really the strength of the Colts for the past few years has been their offensive line. They're probably going to continue to bolster that considering that um, Carson Wentz needs to be protected. We've seen that when he has time in the pocket, he's a much more lethal quarterback than when he's being pressured nonstop. And Jonathan Taylor appears to be a very legitimate NFL running back. So give him as much support as you can. Those two things make a tackle pick here, make the most sense. And he's the best on the board. You mean to tell me when Wentz was falling over all of last year, we, we saw some issues, maybe some backup <laughs> quarterback come over. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, great, great spot, I think, for them is to go tackle. Uh, Tennessee Titans come up at 22. Um, losing Malcolm Butler is what kind of brought us around in this pick. 
Um, and so we took Greg Newsom in, in our draft, uh, the cornerback out of Northwestern, um, pretty good, uh, you know, player. He, he can kind of play a very similar style as Malcolm Brown. You know, they, they do need safety help. They do need, you know, um, a lot of, you know, pieces in the secondary, I think that needs to be molded around. Uh, but Greg Newsom can play zone. He can play press. He can play man. Um, he's small, physical, can kind of get around the routes. Uh, you know, the wide receivers are going to be running. Uh, he's going to be a pretty good player. And I think the Vrabel is going to see, you know, a scrappy guy um, like you saw in Butler and, and, and see that replacement kind of come in pretty quick. All right. And next pick the Jets at 23. Consensus taking Travis Etienne out of Clemson, the running back. Um, mainly, they, they don't have the, they have people there. They have Tevin Coleman, P. Ryan, and Ty Johnson. So they need running back help very bad. And if they don't pick a running back at this position, I think we said, you know, the early second round, there's four teams in a row that could, you know, kind of steal them in, in even teams late in the first. So to get a guy that, you know, they haven't had a legit back since what Frank Gore two years ago. Right. Yeah. And, and that's <laughs> yeah. Like, that's a legit one. <laughs> that's pushing the, uh, yeah. Pushing the boundaries of legitimate. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, they tried the love bell experience. It didn't work. Um, no more gates there. So I think that's a fantastic fit for them at uh, pick 23. Yep. And at 24, we've got the Steelers taking Najee Harris, the running back out of Alabama. I think that Najee Harris is drafted by the Steelers, regardless of if the Jets take Etienne or not. Um, I think that he's their guy. I think he's a really good fit for their system. I think he has been on their radar for a while. I completely agree with the Etienne pick by the Jets anyways, but just wanted to mention that I still think Harris is the guy for the Steelers, and they'll be happy that he's on the board if he gets to them at 24. He is a patient running back. He does have a lot of, a lot of similarities to Lev Bell if you watch his tape, but he's got a little bit, I don't want to say more power, but he's got more size. He's about 240 pounds. Love probably runs about 220, 225. So he's a good fit. Um, I think that he would be a dominant force for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if he goes there, he's probably your 101 in most uh, fantasy. Well, in most rookie drafts. Yeah, we uh, obviously this is consensus. So it's kind of a moot, moot thing saying, but. There is no other pick, I think, uh, that is more of a lock, in my opinion, than Harris, the Steelers, outside of Lawrence. And if um, they do leave him on the I board, agree. I think all these other teams will look at him. They'll at least give him a look because he's, yeah. he, at this point in the draft, he has value no matter where he goes. Yeah, and you said, um, you know, he's a little different than Lev Bell because he was, you know, Lev Bell's 220. Well, guess what? Lev Bell came into the NFL at 240 and he went down to 220. Paris does the same thing. Do we have Lev Bell repeat? Um, <laughs> that would just be awesome. So uh, pick 25, Jacksonville Jaguars are back up on the clock. Um, Urban Meyer coming in, I think, really wanted to revamp the defense. That was one of the things that, um, and I, when I say revamp, I mean, we've all seen that they have had some players come and go even before Urban Meyer got there, but Urban Meyer wants to bring in his types of guys and Quiddy Pay is just chilling on our board. So we we're kind of surprised going through like, Oh, is it Ojolari? Is it someone else? And Quiddy Pay is just staring us in the face. Like he's going to be a big edge rusher. That's going to work well for the Jacksonville Jaguars. You know, it is Saxonville after all. So I do, we do think that they are, they could go defense in this pick. 
Um, could go offensive line, could go wide receiver, but realistically, we, we think Urban Meyer really wants to do what's best for this defense as well. Yep. Uh, and pick 26, you have the Browns taking a guy I can't pronounce, but uh, Melifonu, the quarterback, <laughs> out of uh, if, if Fedu Melifonu. Yeah. You really um, have gotten all the rough names. Yes. Oh, I, I, I'm, try, I, I'm going through, I'm like, oh. Um, <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, the Rebecca to Syracuse, uh, the Browns, they don't have too many holes on their team. I think their line's fine. The receivers are fine. Running backs, of course, more than fine. Tight end's fine. So um, one hole they do need is cornerback. We've kind of said it before, you know, um, getting a cornerback can, you know, help a defense in, in such a way. And at this spot, he was our best available. Um, any other ones like Newsom, Farley or Horn, if they fall, which I don't think they will, I would pick them over him. But um, at this point, that's the best cornerback um, on the board. Yep. And uh, we carry on to the Baltimore Ravens at 27. Terrace Marshall Jr., wide receiver at LSU. So glad I got this guy. Uh, he's one. <laughs> he's been one guy I've been big on um, for a while now. But he's a perfect fit for the Ravens. He's exactly what they need. A bigger wide receiver threat outside. That isn't named Miles Boykin. He sucks. But Terrace Marshall can run all the routes. He comes out of LSU, which is a pro system, very pro-ready pro offense. He should come in, and I, I've said it before, I think he's your best shot at snagging a Justin Jefferson-type player. If he goes to the Ravens and he can team up with Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown, they should be a force to be reckoned with. This could be a perfect fit across the board. Yeah, we uh, talked about possibly having, um, you know, w with the Ravens having pick 27 and 31, they could play that and see see what other teams want. And I think it's a good good choice for them to go wide receiver. Um, New Orleans Saints up at 28. We have him picking Asante Samuel Jr., cornerback. Uh, he is the son of Sam. Just kidding. Asante Samuel. Um Joke falling flat, but Asante Samuel <laughs> Jr. Is, is a pretty good player. Uh, the Saints will need to address that secondary. To be honest, the Saints need to address a lot of things after pretty much sending everyone away with all their cap issues. And Samuel's a great corner. Like, you know, outside of the fact that he is, um, you know, has a good bloodline, you know, pretty, you know, recent to the NFL. I don't even think Asante Samuel retired not even 10 years ago. Um you know, he, he'll, he'll be a pretty good fit for, for the Saints. There's like a sneaky amount of good bloodlines in this draft. You have Patrick Sertan, whose dad played for the Chiefs in the NFL. You've got J.C. Horn, whose dad is Horn. Jason Horn. Like, it's kind of weird. You don't see it all the time. Sorry. All sorry corners. Man. All corners. <laughs> They're all cornerbacks. <laughs> um, and not a cornerback. Uh, the Packers actually they probably will take a cornerback. It's, it's them. But we have not taken Kadarius Tony. Um, finally. They get their wide receiver. I know every year we mock them to get one, and they either trade up for a quarterback they don't need or take a running back that's a third string. Um, <laughs> so I think it's dumb of us to not say wide receiver because if we don't, then this is the year they do do it. So yeah. we haven't taken Tony here. Um, versatile, quick, huge playmaker, wide receiver. I think in my write-up I have him, um, you know, he, he reminds me of Debo Samuel. Um, for the Niners, I can see him doing similar things, and it can only help Aaron Rodgers. He's not getting any younger. He has a short window, so you, you mean huge Alan Lazard fan? We all are, but let's be honest. 
I think they do a lot better with Kadarius Tony there. Don't and you then Alan the Lazard is the good at, name. The three, and then the MVS as that player that you just get pissed off because he scores 20 points a week. No, man, it's cool. We can still have Lazard as there. You just trade Devontae Adams. Yeah. <laughs> get rid of that bum Adams. <laughs> that, that is a Packers move, but um, no. Pick 29, the Packers, they finally get um, their wide receiver in the draft with Tony. All righty, then we've got pick 30 going to the Buffalo Bills. We have Javante Williams, and this was after much conversation. And this was about a lot. <laughs> yeah, about yeah, what this... the Bills need, what they don't need. And, I mean, they don't need a ton. That's the thing. They're not a huge – they're not hugely deficient at any position, and I agree with Javante Williams being possibly the best solution to their biggest hole, which is that running back. Devin Singletary has fumbled away quite literally every opportunity he's given. he's been given. Zach Moss had every opportunity to steal the number one role, and he fumbled him away again, quite literally. They just keep putting the ball on the ground. So if Javante Williams can go in and be a, a serviceable running back with some ball security, he has a very good shot to usurp both of them. The wild card is Matt Breida was brought in in free agency. Who knows what's going to happen with him, but we saw the Dolphins bring him in and not even use him, so could be that all over again. The Bills bring him in late first-round pick, third running back off the board. It's a solid pick. It fills a need, probably the second biggest need on the team next to their edge rushers, but I think value of Javante Williams returns a little bit more than any of the available edge rushers at this point. So Javante Williams to the Bills at 30. Proud of you, Corey. Let's let's get on record. Corey did not like this pick. We had uh, – we, we – we had a lot of discussion on it um he, this his, is our his longest other, pick i think right and and uh zavin collins was a guy that came up um you know yeah, that, i did, I did is, want them to go linebacker but right the reasons you gave her they're all legitimate it's just it's a difference of opinion so i, mean, I think it, i think at this point i will tow the company line top show fantasy <laughs> pays my bills <laughs> don't do they they don't pay, they don't pay mine oh so you, you guys aren't getting paid <laughs> <laughs> you know, I uh, disperse those funds somewhere oh, shit <laughs> Um, but yeah, coming up, Baltimore Ravens third. Is it the third pick in there in this draft, or is it their second? This is their second. This is their second. Okay, all right. So this uh, was the Chiefs one. This was the Chiefs one. They had traded Orlando Brown away. Um, I almost said Orlando Bloom. That would have that'd been a pretty good player. Um, <laughs> Baltimore Ravens, Aziz Ojolari. I think I said that wrong. No, I think that's right. Um, edge rusher from Georgia. We have them going. Uh, with a guy that could help out with some of the players that they had just lost, Matt Judon, a couple other uh, pieces, other, uh, you know, went away from the Baltimore Ravens defense. They just seem to always want to draft more of them. And Ojolari is a pretty good 6'4", 240 outside linebacker that'll be able to get after the pass rush. Um, can play coverage as well. Um, I believe he had a couple pass deflections last year. So it, it, I think all, all in all, it's a Ravens pick. So that's where we went with that one. Yeah, he's a supreme athlete, too. And if you watch his tape, you see him run down running backs on the outside pitches a lot in college, like nobody's business. So if he can do that at the pro level, win-win. Yeah, I mean, if he does fall there, that's a fantastic pick. I mean, that's why their defense has been good for so many years, because they draft these guys yeah. early. And, I mean, and all right, last pick, pick 32, the Bucks. Um, we had them forfeit in the pick because they don't need anything. <laughs> yeah, they said no thanks, we're all set. I think <laughs> everyone in the NFL is okay with that. Yeah. Um, so we haven't taken Jalen Phillips, uh, an, another edge out of Miami. 
Um, I think you said, you know, they, they can use a tackle, they can use a guard or a running back, but do they really need that? Not really. Um, I think Craig, I think you, you said Phil's concern is his um, injury history. So yeah, yeah, it's Dow's, Dow's had it too. Yeah. So he let, he had three concussions and retired then changed over from UCLA over to Miami and started playing again. Uh, he also had a couple other injuries early on ankle injuries, six weeks out in his rookie year. I mean, his freshman year, like there was a few other things, but when the guy is on the field, he's nuts. Well, he had eight sacks in 10 games last year after playing a whole, I mean, not even playing a whole season. Yeah. yeah. And as soon as you see a guy switch teams like that, like my wheels start turning, like, all right, it's a little fishy. Maybe he's not so hurt, but then he got hurt again. And you're like, okay, well, I'm kind of scared, but if he can stay healthy, he's probably the best edge rusher in the draft. He still drops because of the concerns. The same way you saw years back, Rob Gronkowski dropped in drafts because of a back injury. Like these guys will drop because people are scared. Like in legitimately. So, I mean, you, you spend first round draft capital on a guy who never steps on the field. You're going to be kicking yourself. But if Phillips can stay healthy, the the Buccaneers will get a steal. And, that's the last thing the bucket. Well, for the rest of the league, that's the last thing they want the Bucks to get is a guy for you know next to nothing, pennies on the dollar. And I think we all said too, it's like, all right, you know, this guy's injury history. It, I mean, it's a low risk. They don't need an edge, but if you can get an edge, you can get you know eight games out of Phillips as a backup. Um, that's a massive win. I mean, yeah, if, you I get, if yeah. you can get seventeen games, that's even a bigger win. But I mean, that that's. Um, well, I mean, and you, and you could very feasibly get 17 games because he only has to play 25 snaps because they have so much right. talent. Like, yeah. it's, I, it's well within the realm of possibility. It's funny that they're just building their death now where there's, like, teams like the Raiders that are probably going to be drafting their entire line this entire right. draft. And, and that's, that is the, the recipe of a, of a winning franchise. We said the same thing about the Ravens. Like, yeah, they're going to draft, like, a, a, an edge rusher because they have the ability to do so. They, mm-hmm. they don't have to start these guys day one. And when you're starting 40% rookies on your team, you're probably going to struggle. That's the way the, the NFL works, you know? So you get, you get a guy that can come up to speed. It's the rich get richer all over yeah. again. That's or, you're the, or you're the Chiefs and you get freaking Orlando Brown for the 30, 31, 30, 30 overall. Like, come on. Yeah. It's still somehow able to get Joe Tooney too. And in, in, uh... my head through a table. <laughs> but. <laughs> They don't have any cap space either to the Bucks. How can they do this? Right. Cap is crap. Yep. I mean, I do want to list a few guys that didn't make it on here for fantasy purposes. Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Rena Moore. So, I mean, these guys could and probably will go early to mid-second round, I, I would say. And, again, that's kind of why we do the draft grades for – the first two rounds because you're going to see even, you know, you might see Michael Carter go in the second, late in the second, uh, server might go late in the second, depending, you know, who's there, who's not there. So there Chuba are still... Howard, if somebody or Chuba Hubbard, if somebody forgot to watch tape on this year and just got the old tapes from two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> that, that guy too. And yeah, so, and, um, and if Javante Williams doesn't go to the bills late in the first, he will probably go early in the second. Um, I think it was Corey brought up those beginning teams, Jags, Jets, Niners, Falcons. They could use, I mean, not the, Niners. Yeah. Uh, who, who, I forget who well, it was. The Niners but, will grab a running back. Oh yeah. Why not? Dolphins. 
running backs for dolphins. everyone. Yeah, dolphins. Yeah, Dol- all yeah, of them and, are going to need running backs. Yeah, and they, and and I also would not be surprised if you know Jacksonville does have James Robinson, and I've heard too. You know, they're not, they wouldn't be shy of you know not taking a guy like Javante if he falls at two hundred one. Or oh, I mean, yeah. or, or or ETN, but um, I mean, three out of those four teams do need running back. So, which is kind of why we said if the Bills don't get Javante now, um, they're going to be stuck with you know a, a Chiba Hubbard guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and again, you if you you're the Bills and you're thinking like, oh crap, I have to potentially think about trotting out on the field Singletary Moss and Chuba Hubbard versus Singletary Moss Javante Williams makes that pick a little bit easier in your head. You're like, all right, yeah, I'd much rather have a, yeah. a, a fringe first, second tier talent versus a fringe second, third, fourth talent. Right, because you know that the Bills are going to draft a running back in probably the first three rounds. So we'll, at some point, might as well. Why not one. make yeah. it worth it? Yeah, especially because your depth at linebacker and your ability to coach up linebackers and defensive players in the NFL is so much easier than coaching up a running back where it's more – more or not, more or less, just a question of whether you're talented or not. Yeah, yeah, that's inherent. Have or you don't. Yeah, absolutely. Like us, like we have it. We of course mock drafts. Oh, yeah. We have it. It's just one yeah. of those things we have. Yeah, it. yeah. That's athletic ability. Yeah, I don't know, but <laughs> it's more of the, the low range of athletic ability, slim to none. I'm on the uh, negative side. <laughs> that's I I'm, I'm like a top ten prospect. So I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> Flake football does not count. <laughs> but no, I mean, so 2021 mock draft, round yeah. one in the bonus. This will be on our site. We'll have it up by tomorrow morning, all of our drafts, um, and then our consensus. Probably toss on Instagram too, just yeah. so you know, the world sees what we did have instead of saying, oh, we scored 65% again. It's like, well, how do I know? It'll be everywhere. Because Twitter. Because it's Facebook. up there. It'll be time stamped. We ain't cheating. We're not Yahoo faking our rankings. No, nope. at the end yeah. of the year. We'll um, also, please go back and throw through or read through all of the write-ups for all of us about our individual picks. There's a lot of good explanation in there that you don't get on this. Uh, that strictly on the podcast, it's too much to talk about. But also, there are some hidden gems in there. Go find them. Reach out to us on Twitter with some comments before you bash us just based on the pick. Please read the comment. And yep. then, uh, you know, we'll we, we might bash ourselves for the pick before. You <laughs> oh, exactly. There's, there's a lot of things in there. And, and there's a lot of times, too, where I'm just like, I'm not picking. I'm, this, I, I will not even pick a guy here. This is stupid. <laughs> can't do it. Just can't do it. Tampa Bay Bucks. They don't need anyone else. It'd be so funny. I just forfeit. Like, we did we yeah, just have like tried, right? Listen, cap. We're just going to give this to the Pats. Thank you for Tom. Gronk. They should. Gronk. They honestly should. That would be a, that'd be a classy move. Tip of the cap. Well, that'll do it. I think uh, that, that puts in our 21. <laughs> we uh, re- really have a stamp on it. We, we're, we're really crossing our fingers. Two years in a row, we're, we're, we're putting a billboard out there. Uh, so uh, that, that's going to do it right at Top Shelf FNTSY on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. TopshelfFantasy.com. You'll be able to go listen to this podcast um, or all of our other ones. I mean, if you already reached here, you've you found where we're at. Um, <laughs> but uh, all the podcast players, go ahead and give us a shout out. Uh, we got uh, some room in the fantasy football uh, league that we're going to be doing upcoming. The listener league. Um, give us a uh, a message on Instagram or Twitter. 
Um, you know, there's going to be some giveaways going on with that. We don't know the jersey yet, but we will figure that out. Um, I think that's pretty much it. I think, I think we say it. Stay fluid. Stay loose. Radio Cotton.